Hey friends, welcome to Wednesday, June 7th. Thanks for joining me for Enough for Today. We're in Psalm 79, and we're picking it up today in verse 6. But I want to point something out, uh, two things real quick before we move on. The first is that verses 1 to 4 are really the profile of a person in mourning, lament. And my friend, there's something uh, about simply grieving, and that's okay. It's a, sometimes God leads us through seasons of sorrow and grief where we truly need to lament uh, the brokenness, the fallenness of the world around us and the situations of our lives. We are truly a redeemed people, if we know Jesus, journeying through a dying um, existence, a dying creation that God promises to fully and ultimately redeem. And we will live forever in a new creation, a new heaven, a new earth with new bodies. It's quite an epic promise and story that we're looking forward to and we're living towards. But right now we're walking through the brokenness day by day. And so it does call for some grieving and some lamenting. How long, verse 5, how long, O Lord, would thou be angry forever? Shall thy jealousy burn like fire? The second comment I want to throw in about jealousy, and I love how Warren Wearsby mentions this in his commentary. He says, God is not jealous of anyone or anything he's jealous over he's jealous in protective love that's the sense of of the kind of jealousy that we read about in the bible we 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 think of human jealousy that's envious and jealous of some somebody god's not jealous of he's jealous over it's a zealous protective passionate love for his people and for his purposes and for his Uh, great glory and his love for those he has redeemed so verse 79 i'm sorry verse 6 of 79 the now we turn to the section of the psalm that um wearsby calls the sufferer first the mourner now the sufferer feeling the anger of god really verse 5 begins that but but we continue now in verse 6 pour out thy wrath upon the heathen that have not known thee and upon the kingdoms that have not called upon thy name for they have devoured Jacob and laid waste his dwelling place. So now the psalmist is not just grieving the losses, but anticipating ultimate justice and saying, God, no. So I want you to understand for a minute what's built into this presumption. There's a presumption. There's a foundational worldview, a presumptive framework of reality that the psalmist is working from. Number one, it's that God is real and that he's alive and well, that he's in total control, and that he still has a heart of grace and compassion, that he hasn't rejected the nation or his followers, even though things are dark and terrible in the moment. Uh, I have a a sense that, that this psalmist would have heard the preaching of Jeremiah and maybe read the preaching of Isaiah and understood uh, what God was doing and understood in a true sense that we're going to live through this chastening time and we're going to be loyal and loving and faithful to God. So now the psalmist is saying, God, we're anticipating your judgment on the nations. Why? Because God's promised that. God's promised not only to chasten them, but to judge the enemies that he uses temporarily as tools of chastening in, in the nation of Israel. So the, all the nations surrounding Israel were the enemies of God and the enemies of God's people. And it is true uh, in large part to this very day. There is tension all the way around the nation of Israel. All the nations surrounding Israel hate Israel, hate Israel's God, hate the people of God and the purposes of God and really want to do harm. I'm not saying that the people of Israel are all God-fearing, God-following people. Like ancient times, 
There are pagan practices embedded right in the center of the nation of Israel, even though they're God's people. So there's still this unfolding, broken, on-off relationship with God and the people of Israel, even as, uh, as we are his followers today, and we sometimes struggle in the same ways. So the psalmist says, pour out thy wrath upon the heathen that have not known thee, upon the kingdoms that have not called upon thy name. The presumption is that God will keep his promise, that he will deal in final and ultimate judgment and justice. Let's see verse seven. For they have devoured Jacob, laid waste his dwelling place. Oh, remember not against us former iniquities. Let thy tender mercies speedily prevent us, for we are brought very low. Help us, O God of our salvation, for the glory of thy name, and deliver us and purge away our sin for thy name's sake. So I love the turn that happens in verse 8, 9, and 10. And we'll dive in a little more tomorrow. But now the psalmist is presuming mercy and hope. God, we know you're chastening us. We know we deserve it. Now will you deal justly with our enemies? And God, would you have mercy? Would you, would you forget our former sins? Would you renew us, redeem us, restore us? Can you let your tender mercies speedily save us, prevent us, rescue us? For we are brought very low. So here's a person who from the depths of suffering, from the depths of the experience of God's chastening justice, he still realizes God is a God of mercy and grace and love. Though we're brought low, his arms are always open. So my friend, remember this, God's chastening. When God, there, there's two kinds of pain in life. There, there's the suffering and pain that's just the result of the fallen condition of the world around us. In the world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. That was Jesus' words. So there's, this, there's the suffering and, and, and brokenness that, and pain that comes just from the fallen state. But then there's the pain, the discomfort of what you might call chastening. Or, or correct, let me, let me quantify that because I think all pain and suffering has a chastening component, a shaping, fruit-bearing component. But what I'm referring to now is, oh, I had it in my mind, it slipped my mind. I would call this the corrective chastening of God. In other words, some pain and suffering is not about God correcting you, uh, but some chastening is. Some chastening is deliberately God uh, correcting and bringing about discomfort that causes us to, to have his, uh, our full attention is now on him and we say, God, speedily deliver me. I'm brought low by this pain and suffering. And my friend, if that's your experience today, <clears throat> if your experience is you're going through pain or sorrow or suffering that you feel is a result of you getting away from God, the good news is his heart is soft to you. His arms are open to you and you can run into those arms in repentance and you can know and experience his mercy. Happy Wednesday. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.